Welcome back to Unmasked by Mad Millennials on Voices Radio. Today we are joined by Paul Silva, a independent singer-songwriter based in London and from many, many places, a true world traveler. Paul aspires to create music that matters, that builds feeling and brings joy to those who listen. Touching music that is inspired by the Beatles, Ed Sheeran, Bonnie Vare, Ben Howard, and so, so, so many more. Paul's introspective songwriting and moving vocals really brings music that tells stories of love, life, and longing. Paul, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you here. Hey, Maya, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Paul, um, I do have to pull the connections card here. I have known you for some time, but I've always yearned for the opportunity to sit and talk to you about things that really matter to us both music and mental health so um i'm gonna ask you to do a little bit of an introduction for yourself and um actually i'll ask you to describe your sound before we hop into our first track which is one of yours my sound so my sound first thank you thank you very much for this uh, it's uh... It's a great opportunity uh, um, to talk, finally. <laughs> like, um, so, yeah, my sound is kind of, I guess, based around uh, a feeling every time. Um, it always brings me back to a memory or um, I've always written um, or composed uh, about a certain emotion that I was feeling or an expression that I couldn't express uh, properly or or even not not at all. So I've always focused on really making everything sound simple, but enough to feel, because I, I've, I often feel like less is more. So Definitely. that's kind of how I do my sound. Like that's I, would, I would describe you as authentic. I would describe you as raw, but in a very um, melodic way. Some of your songs to me sound like a foggy night. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so will you, dear listeners, here we move on to our first song, one of Paul's originals. It's never been easy to forgive. It's never been easy to forget. Well, everybody, that was It's Never Been Easy to Forgive. It's Never Been Easy to Forget by Paul Silva. When we're talking about sound, Paul, that sounds like nostalgia. That to me sounds like somebody I used to know. Um, and that bittersweet feeling of reunion. Um, that's the mental montage that's going on in my head when I listen to that song. What was your thought process behind this? What, what was going on? Tell me about this song. So the actual story was uh, that I had, a, I had a friend for for over 10 years, for over like uh, 11 years or something. And um, we, we were best friends and everything was, we, we were just always there for each other and everything. And we promised to always be there for each other. And uh, there was a point where he was just started to hang with people I didn't like, started decisions, started making decisions that I personally wouldn't have taken. I don't know if they're wrong. I'm no one to say if something's wrong or right, but... Um, I don't know, it just kind of stopped, it started bothering me that I I was there to support him so much and he was, he was just getting deeper into his own hole. And it's mm. like, damn man, like, I, I just tried my best, but but it just kept pushing me down and it kept mm. putting a lot of weight on my shoulders. For sure. So 
there's a point where I was just like, oh, I need to let go of this kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. and even if it was the hardest decision, like if I do this, maybe I can, maybe I can then focus more on myself and mm. let this weight out of my shoulders, right? So one time I was just at home, and that's usually how how the magic happens with me is <laughs> is that I'm just with all these emotions, all of it at once, and it's just like okay. In this case, it was really funny because I built up the instrumental first. Mm. And once I had like a good dynamic, I was just like kind of like singing in my head like, mm, never been easy to forget. It's never mm. been easy to forget. And I was like, wow, sick. And then so I recorded that like a hundred times <laughs> to make like that whole choir and everything. And then afterwards, I was like, okay, yeah, super cool. Now what's the verse? And I kind of let it flow mm. and it kind of went through my mind like automatically and it was just beautiful because, because while I was recording, I was just talking to him. Did you feel that it was a kind of a cathartic process? Like, a, were you able to process how you felt about that situation and the very sad reality of friends going separate ways when you were writing that song? I think it was just able for once to be honest and mm. to be actually able to like express myself because mm. you know when you're friends with someone you don't really want to like hurt them of or course. you know you don't want to say anything wrong or you you sometimes don't even want to express your feelings because your feelings might hurt them right definitely and the thing is like socially that shouldn't happen that like you know that it, you should be yeah. it's nothing personal when you say what you feel about mm. a certain situation you know and and it's okay to feel different things. Uh, just and uh, it's yeah. Two things can be true at the same time, right? Yeah. Everybody has their own perspective. Exactly. Everybody, nobody really wants to think of themselves as having done something wrong or having hurt a friend. So when they are confronted by that reality of, "Hi, friend, when you did so and so, this hurt my feelings, or I, it made me." you know, have a certain type of reaction. And that kind of confronts people and oftentimes they react badly. It's similar to when you place a boundary. I will not accept you taking my stapler. Yeah. Like, this, these are my belongings, this is my space, please, if you want to, ask me. Yeah. And oftentimes that will provoke a big reaction of, are you calling me a thief? Are you this? Are you that? And I think the same concept applies really in any relationship right yeah yeah yeah. i think i think it is important to express your feelings and Mm. say what you think but but i don't know like for 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 some reason like some sometimes it can actually be scary to actually go through this thing but once you do Mm. it you actually feel like you did a step forward Mm -hmm. into changing things or into like i don't know like seeing how another Mm. another path would be right like because, yeah, there's a lot of things that you could do without saying. But you could just say and yeah. you could actually, like, maybe you could get something right, but maybe you could get something that you wouldn't like. It takes a degree of bravery as well to to say, look, I'm so uncomfortable the way that I am. I am going to do something about this situation and it's either going to go right or it's going to go left. Yeah. But I have to move mm-hmm. from where I am. Yeah. You cannot be stuck. I no. think that's when when it really gets like that's uh, when it gets actually mental when, yeah. when you're stuck and without actually moving mm-hmm. or without actually trying something. 
that's I think that's that's when it gets into your head for yeah. sure Definitely. And when you get stuck in that state, it's often very difficult to get out of it. And you become somewhat accustomed to this as if it were normal. Um, but you know in yourself yeah. that it is not. And this is far from your baseline. Yeah, I think I think it really but like it's super hard to like it. Some, definitely. It, we're all different, right? And we mm. all have different... Um, strengths in mm. in in how we react to things, uh, how personal we take things. Mm -hmm. uh, um, what are these things? Because it's also really specific what mm. what we take personally, right? Yeah. Like it's not everything, or or maybe some people do as well. Mm -mm. That's why I mean, we're, we're, well, that's what I mean. We're all different. Paul, you and I could talk about this for a very very long time, but I am going to um, change it up a little bit and ask you ask you what it was like to get started with music and what started this for you this this passion i've actually always liked music in general like it was really funny because um my cousin um when we when we when i was three years old in mexico mm. he once showed me a guitar like an acoustic mm -hmm. a nylon guitar and um and i was just Like I didn't know how to play it, but she would put punk rock songs. Mm -hmm. um, she would play me from her CD player and everything, <laughs> and and I would just like pretend I'm I'm a rock star and everything, like you know, and that was that was always like pretty cool. And then I always liked so when we had family dinners, mm. and the the mariachis came mm. or like the the bands came to yeah. play some things and everything. Like I always wanted to play as well. I always wanted to be like on stage and and sing as well. I remember that. And you know when I when I moved to Europe, I kind of left it away. Like, but I, I still loved music as well. Like, I started getting into CDs, mm -hmm. like buying my own CDs. Oh. You know, um, that's a real phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that for sure. And then <laughs> you know, like when you so me at that era, I was also watching like a lot of TV mm -hmm. because it's like six to ten. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like that's big TV time and. And every music that, like, I liked high school music, Camp Rock. I was a big fan of Jonas Brothers. Disney kid as well. Yeah, yeah, Disney Channel. Yeah, yeah. I was a super fan of Jonas Brothers. Like, I had two of their albums. Oh no way! Yeah, I don't know why. Like, there was something about like because they were cool dudes with the hair. Exactly, exactly. The hair so majestically. right? Who was your favorite Jonas brother? Joe. Oh. Joe Jonas, yeah. Okay, okay. Singer, I was partial singer. on Nick, but on Nick. <laughs> Everybody was on Nick. I don't know why, but like, um, but yeah, no, like, there was a point where I kind of like my father. He always had guitar, like his guitar, um, microphones. Like, he always, we always had music around the house. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember just like my father putting a mic in front of my, in front of my mouth as as much as he could. Like, mm -hmm. even though it wasn't for recording at first, but just singing and I actually always liked it mm. and then when I got to Switzerland when we got to Switzerland um, there's um, um, my father built a, a studio like mm -hmm. downstairs like in the basement okay and he once told me like yeah like um, why don't we why don't I, re I record you oh I film you at the same time and, and we do a video okay I was like what can we do that sure like, yeah of course like, <laughs> I know how to do that and I was like what like since when why didn't we do this <laughs> i was like i don't know man. 
none ever tried. <laughs> Fair so, enough. Yeah, so yeah, we started posting videos on YouTube when I was like 12 or 11 years old. No yeah. way. It was pretty nuts. I and heard yeah. from a little bird that you were on the Voice Kids yeah. Europe. Yeah, in Blue, France. In France? In 2014, yeah. Please tell yeah. me about this. What was that like as an experience? It was... So, no, first, like, as an experience, mm. incredible. Yeah? Incredible. Like, like no, I have nothing to say. Like, I, I, I'm really thankful for that opportunity because, mm. in, in general, like, I was a 14-year-old kid mm -hmm. that already knew I wanted to be a, a music a, a singer mm -hmm. I always told myself like I want to be a singer mm -hmm. and and uh, and a performer kind of like now that I know the word mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> but um but yeah no I used to I, I always wanted to be a singer and and I was a four, 13 when the first auditions came mm -hmm. I was 13 and my my singing teacher was actually a scouter for the voice really and it was like the first season in the voice mm -hmm. kids in France mm -hmm. so he was like scouting people in switzerland mm -hmm. and i was one of them and i also pitched my friend to him and she also went with mm -hmm. me like so it was, it was pretty cool because i wasn't alone mm -hmm. but um the experience was amazing honestly like i met so many amazing people i had that um rush tv show mm. thing where it's like okay like makeup cameras uh, are on you stylist, cameras always the fuck on you like yeah. <laughs> sorry sorry excuse me no that's all right um but yeah like the cameras are always there and everything and and just the performance as well mm. like i never performed in front of more than 10 people before i did the voice you went from 10 to an auditorium yeah like wow and it was like i think the first year was like I don't actually. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna say something, but it was like millions, millions of streamers, like on the first. That. The first episode. And you yeah. were the pioneers. You're part of the pioneers. Actually, like, yeah, it feels weird to be the pioneer of a, of a kids' <laughs> TV show, but yeah, I guess like a lot of people came up from there, right? It's Definitely. Like, those brothers, like, let's go. Listen, <laughs> listen, Paul Silva next. Yeah. What was that like for you as a? 14 year old child to have you know the the views and thoughts and you know inputs of millions and millions of people like did you read the comments did you hear feedback from anybody yeah like you know it, like it, it was it was crazy mm. i went from 300 followers to like 30k oh on youtube on 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 instagram Oh, shoot. Like, in, like, two days or something like that. Like, Off. the same night as the episode got streamed on TV, yeah. I heard, like, I, I like 300 people, 30K people, 30,000 people followed me on Instagram. And I was just shocked, like, as a 14-year-old discovering yeah. what a phone was. Yeah. Right, like, back in the days when they give you your first phone. Like, that was yeah, one of yeah, my yeah. first phones, like. I was on my phone for like five months, six months. <laughs> my mom couldn't get me off my phone because I was I had always to like reply to everyone at the time. Oh and wow! And you managed that as well. Well, kind of like I didn't. It was funny because it just felt like I I, I just remember like I had to be nice as much as I could, mm -hmm. and some people were really weird or. Mm. Um, a bit too much sometimes, but 
some people were really really nice to me and mm -hmm. some people supported me for a while like they came to a lot of my shows and ah. they gave me even presents and I was I was always super thankful and and you know they it I had like a fan fan fan, fan page and everything <laughs> like yeah fan pages and everything um but you want to know like like it's it's I like I did it for like a year mm. so it when I was 14 when it got released and everything when it finished i felt like it, i got kind of dropped oh like it's like i got elevated all, mm -hmm. all the way to to like a really good place mm -hmm. and then i didn't do anything with it mm. like i didn't get gigs on my own i didn't try to search for deals with mm -hmm. brands so they could i don't know sponsor something and give me a bit of money yeah i didn't think about like going back to france right mm. like having a gig there or yeah. having an event or something so it was really like, I don't know, I just, I just realized I really wanted to be an artist after that. Like, mm -hmm. that was kind of like, they, they tell you how, do you have, how you have to dress, mm -hmm. like kind of like how they think you have to dress because it's like the, the, the cutest, mm. right? Not because it's the coolest, just because of the cutest. It's mm -hmm. the voice kids and it yes. should be cute. I remember like I, I wanted to sing so many songs and they didn't want me to sing those songs and everything. And no, like. I do want to write my own songs mm -hmm. and I wanted one day perform them. So I just, from that day, like after like a year of just being on my phone all the time and everything, mm -hmm. picked up my guitar and started learning guitar, started trying to write songs, started, started to try put, putting poems together, mm -hmm. um, putting songs together, like whatever I could just to like kind of learn about it. And I was doing that in English, like a little, yeah, a little kid, 15, 16, when I started writing on a book, like. I even still have it here. You keep it with you. Yeah. Dear listeners, Paul is showing me his original songwriting notebook. It is well loved. Um, and that is truly a piece of history. That will a song notebook, it says. Uh, yeah. That is the most 14 year old boy thing I've seen. And I love that for you. And I love that you keep it with you as well. Do you find that it's a nice reminder, you know, that drive that you've always had, but really crystallized at that moment or at that time? You know what? I haven't, I haven't reread it in a while, <laughs> but I'd love to reread the things I used to write because I remember having mm. some ideas and I still remember to them to this day. And I was like, oh, wow, it's pretty funny. Like, because <laughs> I, I didn't know how to play an instrument, right? Mm. So all I was doing, it was just like a picturing a melody in my head mm -hmm. and then putting words onto it. And, um, I never wanted love. I never wanted love. And I was just like, oh, sick melody. Yeah, like, dude, that okay, works. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I wrote it down, but I never did anything with these things, you know, That's, like. Whether you do or don't, I think they have a particular beauty of their own and they're very yeah. moving on their own. Like, that was a real view into you minus 10. Yeah. You know, and what, what you were thinking about who you were at that time. It's beautiful. Keep it. I just, yeah, I, I, I tried. It's always about expression. Like, mm. Let's say like the, the, the songwriting process and everything. And, For sure. And I always thought it was the best way to be authentic to myself was to actually talk about mm -hmm. what you feel and how you want to express things. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And um, just following on from that, we are going to... I am going to ask you, Paul, to play the song that brings you back to that time, something a little bit nostalgic. What trip down memory lane would you like to go 
on today? And would you like to take our listeners on today? I would like to take them through a classic. Everybody knows the song, but it's it's just such a such a masterpiece. So I'd really like to play Let It Be by the Beatles. Hit me. Paul, thank you so much for sharing that with us. That was Let It Be by the Beatles. Paul, thank you so much for sharing that with us. That was Let It Be by the Beatles. Let me ask you then, how does music give you an outlet for your mental health? We spoke a little bit about writing lyrics and connecting with the sound. Um, But do you find yourself connecting more with the lyrics, with the melody, the process of creating itself? How does that help you regulate your emotions? How does that help you through the times that are maybe not so pretty, as much or as little as you'd like to share? I think music has always been a big part of um, of me. I, I would. Uh, that's the thing. I never said music was about therapy and mm. music was about like full-on expression to others, right? Like, I think it, it should be an expression for yourself. And, mm. you know, we... Like I often, I often get judged by professionals. Not, not in a bad way. I'm just mm. like, it's like I show music to professionals, and they always tell me like, mm, it, it, it's really good. We have something there, but let's rework on some things mm-hmm. like the lyrics, like the structure, and everything. And I'm like, no. Like if you guys change that, that takes away the essence of mm. what the person is, right? The essence that the that the that the artist put as a human being to mm. to express himself through that song. At least that's what mainly I'm about. It's mm-hmm. like, I always thought like everything that I write needs to be something I thought mm. at some point, you know. Do you, does that bother you in any way then when people look at your work not as an extension of yourself, but rather content? It's kind of a fine line to tread, right? You want people to, you want your music to be out there and to be able to be quote unquote consumed, listened to, enjoyed by as many people as possible because that's part of your soul that you've put out there. But does it bother you then when people are like, mm, okay, but as is, it's not going to hit the way it should? It It does, you know, it does. It frustrates me because... I, it's like, so everybody has to have an ego nowadays, mm-hmm. right? Like, as we, I'm, I'm still so naive and I'm still in my, <laughs> in my childish world and everything. But as we grow up, we realize that we need to focus more on ourselves because mm-hmm. how are we going to pay our, our roof over our heads? How are we going to pay the food in our mm-hmm. plates? So it's something where you need to have a bit of ego with who you work, with who you're going to root for and everything, right? And it's, it's just such a shame because me, I feel quite, uh, for, for a few years now, I've been feeling quite socially anxious. Mm. Um, it's really frustrating because I know, I, I, I believe I'm a good soul. Mm. And when I want to work with some people, it just, sometimes it comes across as, as something else that, that kind of pushes uh, them to think that I'm, I'm pretentious or something. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and I've, never, I've never had any... Like, I always want, of course, like, I know there's some benefits in knowing some people or in mm. working with some people, but at the same, at the end of the day, like, if they accept me the way I am, I'm, 
I have no, I don't know. I've, I've only, I'll, I'll only do good to them, right? Like I'll mm. only be good by their by their side because I don't know. I feel like any relationship you create after your twenties, it's like okay, like it comes and goes. Uh, you know, it's much harder to connect. I feel yeah. um, genuinely because you know you are a genuine person and you really do seek that deep kind of connection, but nowadays it is so difficult people want to talk to you because you're fun or you have connections or um you bring a certain vibe you bring a certain thing there's always or it seems often that most people have some kind of a motive almost so for people who are seeking genuine connections and genuine friendships and genuine moments um it can be very very difficult to fill that very valid need in your soul um how do you find that how how do you find um your ability to bridge that gap how do you meet or how do you interact with the people genuinely i think well i i always liked to know the story about the person mm. you know uh, I always like to know, like, oh, where were you from? Like, how did you get here? Mm. And have an actual, like, yeah, like, well, I've been through this, this, and this, mm. and that, you know. But at the same time, like, I don't know, recently, I'm still learning. I'm only 24, <laughs> and I'm still learning about life. But recently, I was just, uh, I've been feeling pretty, uh, I don't know, pretty anxious and disappointed. People can be sometimes really selfish, mm. where... Where I like and I know so many people that would just talk about themselves like all the time, mm-hmm. and it's like you you never so it it feels really one way. Yeah, you know, and yeah. and and you're there like I know you shouldn't wait for uh, and you mm-hmm. and how are you mm-hmm. and everything's but I think it's really important to always you know okay like you gave Step me a bit out. of your yeah. You know, like you give me a bit of your time Mm -hmm. to say what I wanted to say. Now, let me listen to what Mm -hmm. you have to say or let me listen. How are you? How did you feel about what's happened in your life recently? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I think at least if you want to be a genuine friend, Mm. that's how we should come across. It's like, yeah, it's always like, okay, I'm here for you the same way you're here for me. That's a Mm -hmm. friend. Otherwise, like I, I, I tend to think it's always good to keep um, your really good friends in the number of your fingers yeah. you know and then the rest like it's always good. there's degrees it, of friendship exactly like well. uh, kind of like the people like exactly the people that you know might hurt you because of mm-hmm. their attitude or the way they are or like they've already disappointed you once and you mm. totally fear that it would disappoint you twice it's okay to have a step like yeah. a meter between like both of them and still be nice and still be civil and still have fun and still see each other but you're just not in that circle do you remember that movie meet the parents or meet the fuckers with the circle of trust (laughs) that used to expand and he was he messed up and he got put outside of the inner circle i think that that's a really great metaphor as well um and it's also a sign of kind of growing up isn't it of realizing that not every friend, friend, quote unquote friend is your actual friend. Some people are friends for in context. Some people are acquaintances. Some people are friends of friends. And when you kind of make peace with that onion diagram, um, I think you find some peace in it, no? 
Yeah, I think. I, I think it's. It's a hell of a process to go through, though. It's just funny, right? Because you you go through so like you have to meet so many people because before you get to actually finding the right mm. people that you actually love hanging with. True. That you can actually like be yourself, mm. like chill. You know, we all have different faces, or or some of us have masks. Just one one face, you know. But but but. As long as you accept the other person for having every, all of these faces and everything, mm. like man, like every, you know, and I never try to judge anyone before I actually get to know them. You know, you know, I think it's important to like to actually get to know the person and see like how they are with you, how they are with themselves. Because if you get stuck into something genuine with something toxic, mm. it might backfire at you. You know, so it's all about being careful enough mm. um that being yeah but always being open enough that a good opportunity might come definitely around the corner or something definitely and i think this goes back as well to what you said about um actually saying how you feel and being honest with yourself first and re- recognizing that mm, this particular person does a thing that really doesn't sit right with me they go to an outside ring of the circle. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that it's it's a very, very sticky situation, but it is beautiful when you do find the right people and when you do find those types of connections because they stick. They stick. And I think networks and community really is all that we have. People are for people at the end of the day. And the same benefits you can get from them of solidarity and support, ETC, ETC, comes at the risk of, am I going to get burnt? Is this, gonna, is this person going to be here forever or is this person going to be here for six months? Whether that's a friend or a relationship or anything. But that's why, that's why I think, like, so one time I learned that um, depression comes from the past and anxiety comes from the future. Mm-hmm. So it's all about keeping it all in the present, right? Mm-hmm. And I realized that from that point, like, damn, like, why are we stressing so much? Like, if you think about it presently, mm-hmm. when you're in a crowd of people and you meet five people, mm-hmm. you know, straight away from the beginning, who you like the most, Yeah, you know, straight away from the beginning, if you like them equally, you know, straight away from the beginning, if you don't feel the vibe at all. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can be, like, most of the times it's, timing Mm -hmm. it's timing with your own feelings right so it's like okay you're feeling something at that point because maybe you had a bad day so then you're not feeling the vibe Mm. with people but maybe if you were in a good vibe you would love these people Mm -hmm. right i think it's super important to just be stay on the present Mm. be yourself um enjoy every moment try try to enjoy them as much as you can but try to be real to your emotions um yeah you know and like and be aware of yeah, yourself right yeah, yeah. i think this is yeah. that's a skill i don't think that we were taught either of recognizing what sensations are happening in your body physically your emotional state what thoughts are you thinking and what the environment is saying to you right I, are you familiar with cbt cognitive behavioral therapy yes actually yes i had i had that for for a bit yeah so that yeah. is the kind of cross diagram it's it's how when a situation occurs you 
have a thought, it sparks a thought pattern, which then goes to your emotions, which then goes to your behavior, causing you to do something else, which can cause you to have a physical reaction. And all of these things kind of interplay with each other, making the thing worse. So CBT, as, as you know, um, aims to break that cycle of the thought pattern. And the easiest way to do it is through changing your behavior or changing your environment. So I'm going to ask you to play the song that, you, that puts you in your feelings. And then I'm going to ask you a different question once we've played the song. So Paul, what are we listening to now? I'm going to put you guys um, Godspeed by... Godspeed by uh, Frank, Frank Ocean. Ocean. So, Paul, this is the song that you play when you're in your feels. This is Godspeed by Frank Ocean. Well, guys, that was F Godspeed by Frank Ocean. Paul, thank you so much for your very, very interesting comments on what can put you in your feels. And for that song that you listen to when you are deep inside of them. But now... On a slightly more positive note, I'd like to ask you what brings you joy and what do you do to break the cycle when you are in a low period? You know what we were saying before about um, you have to be aware? Mm -hmm. I think that is so key about everything. Like if you're going through a bad day, it's okay. Mm -hmm. it's fully okay right we we all have bad, we all have bad days so it's like it's all about going through it mm -hmm. and and the next day will be better always mm -hmm. i always thought that it's okay to be bad as like a friend of mine once told me i was feeling really really bad mm -hmm. and a friend of mine came to me and, and i was telling her like how i was feeling so anxious i was feeling really bad and she told me paul if it's okay to be bad today mm -hmm. as long as you it's okay to be bad as long as you see the light at the end of the tunnel mm -hmm. and i realized like yeah that's true like as long as i know i'm gonna get better mm -hmm. i can be bad you know yeah and let's say for those moments where you feel like you don't see the light out of the tunnel and anything i think the best is just to focus on the little things mm -hmm. like really like the little simple things like I don't know the the colors, mm. the 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 smiles on on the on people's faces, uh, on your friends' maybe faces. Maybe not in London. <laughs> you know, well, not, maybe not in London, but that's where you meet with people who Definitely. kind of bring you that smile or kind of share that smile, and it's it's a contagious smile. Mm. Right? Like, um, you 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 focus on yourself, you know, by by okay, like you know, I like skating, mm -hmm. so I I think that's a good part of my of me that that every time I want just want to like. I feel like a bit shit and I'm like, okay, like I just, I just want to let it all out. Mm -hmm. Like, and I can't do music because I feel too frustrated. I just go skate. Okay. And I let it all out, sweat it all out, mm -hmm. you know, like everything. It's, it's just nice. And there's always good people at the skate park. So it's always cool. Um, but yeah, I, I always think when, when you're, when you're hitting, when you, when you think you're, hit, you're about to hit rock bottom or something, just mm -hmm. focus on the little things that, that makes you happy. Um, by being naturally beautiful, right? Mm. Naturally there. Like, yeah. That's very beautiful that you say as well, because that also goes back confirming what you said before, that, you know, that saying of depression is from the past and anxieties for the future or from the future. 
being able to be self-aware of I'm having a moment right now and I can see this and I can smell that and I'm grateful for the leaves on the trees and I'm grateful for the the sound of the baby that's crying next door and is really getting on my nerves because that child has been crying for some time Um, and kind of stepping out of yourself and realizing you know whether you're in an airport or a coffee shop or anywhere that everybody around you also has like a life do you get that feeling every now and again of um being a very small part in a very large world a lot right like a lot of times we feel like that but other times you just realize that new york is like what six hours away and yeah it's across the ocean and it's like okay six hours is not that bad like you know go to edinburgh in six hours you know what i mean as well like there's there's so much possibilities Mm. in this world that that it should be so exciting Mm. i i i do i do feel like life is a pain in the ass because of the, the experiences we have with people with um with situations because sometimes it's not the people themselves but it's the timing as we mm-hmm. were saying that that it's um, something that might have happened with something that morning and that fuck that just messed up the whole thing for you that mm-hmm. same day like that, that, that all these things right like I think it's super normal like to feel all these things it's, it now it's more like okay Um, perspective yeah yeah like it's all about perspective i think yeah well paul this has been a fantastic time talking to you i have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation tangents and all um really thank you so much for coming on the show uh we are going to end with one of your uh another original track of yours called dear first lover but before we play is there anything that you'd like to tell the audience, our listeners, where to follow you, drop your socials, plug yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, 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 I don't really like to What's talk your about Instagram? socials. But <laughs> What's your Instagram? Um, my Instagram is uh, Paul Logan Silve, uh, like silver, but without the R. And Paul Logan, like Logan Paul, but the other way around, <laughs> whatever. And Paul Logan Silve on Instagram. Yeah. Facebook, Twitter, uh, TikTok, um, it's all there. So Make sure yeah. to give him a listen, make sure to give him a follow. And here is Dear First Lover. Thank you all for listening and have a great day. Thank you for having me.